You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.pagosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.pagosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of November 18th, 2018. The podcast that thinks about direction. Wonder why you haven't before. This is your host, Shane Killian. First, a quick announcement. Next week is Thanksgiving here in the U.S., so no podcast. We'll be back in two weeks. After that, we'll have two or possibly three podcasts. I'm not sure which. And then it'll be the Christmas break where we take the rest of the year off. We'll be back around the new year with the 2018 year in review, including announcing the Idiot of the Year. But for now, let's remyelate the news of the bogus. And we start off with more ridiculousness in the area of gun control. According to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, having a medical marijuana card means that you're not allowed to buy a gun. They found unanimously that this is not a violation of the Second Amendment, even though the actual text of the Second Amendment doesn't mention any exception for cannabis. Their edition must have it written in in crayon. The case began in 2011 when S. Rowan Wilson tried to buy a gun for self-defense and was denied because of her medical marijuana card. Medical marijuana is legal in her state of Nevada, but the feds still consider it to be illegal everywhere. The court said that marijuana use, quote, raises the risk of irrational or unpredictable behavior with which gun use should not be associated. Because apparently the only things they know about marijuana are from the movie Reefer Madness, and they think it makes you violent or crazed or something. The thing is, they don't have any evidence she was actually using marijuana. But the appeals court, ignoring how legislation is supposed to work, went not with laws passed by Congress pursuant to the Constitution, but instead with guidelines from the ATF, which say that firearm sellers should assume that medical marijuana cardholders use the drug. Yes, because why should we have evidence that you're actually using marijuana? That might require actual police work. Wilson's attorney, Chaz Rainey, pointed out the blatant inconsistency. Quote, We live in a world where having a medical marijuana card is enough to say you don't get a gun, but if you're on the no-fly list, your constitutional right is still protected. And the fact is, if they can do this with marijuana, they can do this with opioids. They can do this with anything else that they arbitrarily decide to put on the drug schedule. They can continue their policy of doing everything they can to make life hell for people with continuing medical issues. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. 
and as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. Who predicted that the EU's GDPR, which supposedly protects consumer privacy, would result in bigger cybersecurity issues? We did! Who was right? We were! People running a WordPress website who didn't refuse to comply just out of principle like we did could install a plugin called WPGDPR Compliance. The plugin allows visitors to grant opt-in permission for the site to use their personal data for defined purposes, such as processing an e-commerce order. It also allows users to request copies of the data the website holds. And it took about three nanoseconds for hackers to exploit it. WordFence discovered that hackers were attacking systems by registering new users through the plugin and then sending it malicious code, which it stores and executes, which can elevate these users to administrators. They were then able to install a remote admin script, giving them full access to the server. In a different exploit, attackers sent the plugin a series of scripts that interface with the WooCommerce plugin that allow them to inject their own code into WordPress posts. Attackers used this to insert a backdoor, which downloaded code from another website and then deleted itself to hide its tracks. WordFence couldn't find any executable payloads, but speculated, quote, It's possible that these attackers are stockpiling infected hosts to be packaged and sold wholesale to another actor who has their own intentions. There's also the chance that these attackers do have their own goals in mind, but haven't launched that phase of the attack yet. The plugin has been fixed, but unless websites have updated it, they're still vulnerable. Now, you might think it's unfair to blame GDPR for a bug in a WordPress plugin, but the fact is that any such requirement increases the attack surface and makes such exploits more likely. And when you try to make every website on the planet comply with this, all you're doing is making us less safe. Cybersecurity experts warned the EU about this, and they were ignored. I think the time is now to say that the proper thing anyone should do about ridiculous requirements like GDPR is complete non-compliance. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Another privacy issue along the lines of what we've been covering. If police confiscate your phone and you remotely wipe it, does that count as destroying evidence? That's what police told Joel Granis, connected in New York, whom they accused of being involved with a drive-by shooting. 
According to Grant, not only did she not wipe the phone remotely, she doesn't have any idea how to do that. Police believe her to be the driver of a vehicle involved in a drive-by shooting, so they seized her iPhone X as evidence. But then they told the court that she remotely wiped the evidence, even though she was aware of the fact that they wanted to look at the phone to find evidence. She's been charged with two counts of tampering with physical evidence and one of hindering prosecution. No one else has been arrested for the shooting. Okay, first question. You can get Faraday banks to put your phone in to cut off all communications, including remote requests to wipe it. Why didn't the police put the phone in one immediately after confiscating it? When the Daily Gazette asked Sergeant Matthew Deering about it, he appeared not to even know they existed. Second, it's possible to set up a phone to erase itself if, for example, 24 hours or 48 hours goes by and you haven't unlocked it or entered a code. This is a perfectly legitimate feature to protect your data in case of theft. So if you're arrested and can't put in the phone while it's in evidence, does that count as destroying evidence? Third, Apple should be able to look at her account and tell for sure if a remote wipe was requested and give indications like the IP address of the person who made the request. I haven't seen any indication that they even asked Apple about this. Also, an iPhone can be set up to erase everything after 10 failed attempts, another perfectly legitimate anti-theft technique. So could it have been the police's ham-fisted attempts to hack their way in? If they don't know enough to use a Faraday bag, then they clearly aren't that computer-savvy themselves. Once again, too many questions, not enough answers. Is it going to get to the point where if you have any anti-theft measures on your phone, the police will accuse you of tampering with evidence? We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the Internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the Internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your Internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to toss the cookies of this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. You know, back when I started this podcast over seven years ago, I had all sorts of ideas for who might be named. Some of them have surprised me, but never in a million years did I ever think it would go to, of all people, the Girl Scouts. So the Boy Scouts of America decided last year to let girls join. That's been controversial. Personally, as someone who was in the Boy Scouts, I'm cool with it. I think a lot of things might be better if boys and girls had more shared experiences like it. Robert Baden Powell, founder of the scouting movement, actually agreed as far back as 1908. But now, the Girl Scouts of America are suing the BSA over, get this, trademark infringement. 
They claim the Boy Scouts have no right under federal law to use words like scouts or scouting in connection to any services offered to girls. They're claiming trademark rights over a noun. It's funny that this happens to coincide with a drop in enrollment for the Girl Scouts. One might think this wouldn't happen to begin with if they offered services that were more attractive to girls, making them not want to join the Boy Scouts to begin with. They claim the Boy Scouts are causing confusion. As if anyone's going to get people who learn survival skills confused with people who sell Thin Mints. It's not confusion, people. It's competition. Maybe they should teach their members the benefits of it and have them rise to the challenge instead of running to the government to make those meanie heads stop it. But as it is, it gets the Girl Scouts of America named this week's biggest bogan emitter. If you're going to shop online, use our special links to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Pagosity.tv, and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. If you haven't used the mobile app in the last 12 months, or even at all, go to Get5.Pagosity.tv on your phone or tablet and get $5 off your order of $10 or more. Go to Prime.Pagosity.tv for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrow Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, go to Kindle.Pagosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited, read over one million books, and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. You can go to music.pagosity.tv and get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited with access to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. All great ways to help this podcast simply by shopping at Amazon. And now let's head off this week's Idiot Extraordinary! We've heard some really kooky things blamed for mass shootings before, but Democratic Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin really took it up when he blamed, get this, zombie shows. In a radio interview with conservative talk show host Leland Conway, Bevin said that violence is due to a, quote, culture of death. Funny how people like this never point out that violent crime has been steadily dropping since the 1990s. His comments came in the wake of the borderline bar and grill shooting. He also said, quote, It starts with everything from the type of entertainment that we focus on. What's the most popular topic that seems to be in every cable television network? Television shows are all about what? Zombies. I don't get it. And he said that our society, quote, is surrounded by, inundated by, rewards things that celebrate death. A brick bat to Indy Star for repeating the long-debunked claim that there are now 307 mass shootings in the U.S. this year, a list that includes things like suicides and accidental discharges where no one was hurt. Folks, the science on this is settled. Everything from violent cartoons to violent video games has been blamed for real-world violence. But the science has always shown that precisely the opposite is the case. The more society has depictions of violence in fiction, the less violent it is. So all of that makes Matt Bevin this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this Who Ever Heard of a Dump Being Closed on Thanksgiving edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. 
This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate to Shane DK on PayPal, or if you want to use crypto, you can donate at altcoins.bogosity.tv. You can also support Shane DK on Patreon to get the podcast and my YouTube videos early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Learned Hand. Life is made up of constant calls to action, and we seldom have time for more than hastily contrived answers. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, not commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. Bogosity. Christmas time is coming, and the most classic of Christmas stories is A Christmas Carol. But how much do you know about the original Charles Dickens novella? Have you dismissed it as a children's book with one-dimensional characters amounting to nothing but platitudes and cliches? Maybe your appreciation of the book was even muted by those dry, boring, annotated books they made you read in school. My book, the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, uses both facts and humor to present the book in a way you probably haven't seen it before. Giving praise when deserved and beratement when warranted, this book is put in the perspective of its time and shows a dimensional, multi-layered Ebenezer Scrooge from start to finish. Skepticism, history, and even economics are employed to show the book in relation to today in an easily accessible format. Appreciate the Christmas of your youth all over again, Get the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, available at Amazon and on PDF as well.